There she's up to edit out or leave it. I don't care. Uh, hey, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to part six of our Satanic Panic series. Uh, and the uh, nerdy queer one here. <laughs> I, I typed this in my notes, and I'm like, why did I type this? Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I'm Johnny. I'm the... <laughs> I guess weird, crazy one. I don't know. You're kind of crazy too, just a different way. We're all crazy in our own ways. Everyone. We're all mad here. Yeah, for real. For real. But I'm Kelsey, and welcome to the part six of this Satanic Panic miniseries that we've been doing. Um, in this episode, Johnny's going to be going into mental health and kind of how that changed with or the stuff it. that was going on. I mean, it, I don't know if it, it really did. I think so it I, <laughs> I, so I'm going to be getting, to War for one of our listeners, I'm going to be getting pretty irritated in this episode. Uh, yes. Well, I, I'll go ahead and give my rant, I guess. it's. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and start. Well, me- mental health in this country, and I'm about to use some just strong language here, which I do sometimes anyways, but just as a warning because uh, i may i i'm gonna go off on a whole thing mental yeah. health in this country is a fucking joke yes. like it is the biggest goddamn joke in the history of creation mm-hmm. uh the reason being is that you know it's not taken seriously Mm-mm. you're cast out there's a massive uh stigma stigma against any sort of mental health you're yeah. literally taught to hide and not talk about or not recognize that you have any sort of issues or any sort of divergence from the quote-unquote norm, even though the quote-unquote norm nowadays is having some sort of issue. Yes. Uh, it's it's a joke. And it's not even a joke at this point. It's I don't even know what you would consider it. But, I mean... Especially for, you know, men in this country because men are taught to, you know, plug everything down, hide your feelings, not deal with things. And this is part of the reason why we have so many freaking shooters that like active shooters that are, you know, white men is because there's no, they're taught to keep everything inside. They're taught not to address the issues and they snap. Uh, so I can go ahead and jump into the statistics here since I'm already going on my rant. I don't know. Uh, I I guess I can wait on that because the order of <laughs> my notes are, and I don't want to like jump around too much. So I'm gonna take a breather. It's like in through your nose, out through your mouth. Well, it's 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 not even affordable. Like so. According to the U.S. GAO, approximately 70% of individuals in the United States or 70% of individuals with mental illness in the United States go untreated. This is due to a combination of the stigma around not getting help. Mm -hmm. uh, No, stigma around getting help, rather. uh, Being undiagnosed and the affordability of help. In the United States, the average uh, visit is around two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's about average. Most of, most Americans can't pay this in a freaking month, much mm-hmm. less uh, 
the fact that a lot of places will have you coming bi-weekly or uh, doing weekly visits. Yeah, or coming going multiple times a week. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, couples therapy, which is, you know, a thing that a lot of people need instead of just jumping to divorce. And I mean... Yes. Or, you know, even couples therapy before they even get married. Not a bad idea. But... No. Can... can cost up to $250 per session. Yeah. Same thing with marriage counseling, uh, depression therapy, art art therapy can go up to $100. Uh, anger management, which there's a huge issue with that in this country, uh, $150. Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy can cost upward of $200. If you see certain yes. types of specialists, you know, a psychi- uh, psychiatrist can cost upwards of $500, psychologist 150 a counselor who basically just, you know, is a pep talker, in my opinion, uh, $80, <laughs> yeah. and a psychotherapist upwards of $300. Nobody can afford that. Like, unless you were on the higher, quote-unquote, echelon of society and have, like, a shit ton of money just laying around, people can't afford that. Yeah. No. Nope. I mean, you know, these are house payments. For a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. people can't even afford to buy houses. No. Um, That's why a lot of people our age are buying homes with friends. Because yeah. otherwise you can't afford it. Like, that's our next step is buying a different house in a year or two. And the amount of money we're going to have to save to make that happen is, it's a lot. Yeah, and it's near impossible. Mm-hmm. I have a, found a fun little table breakdown as far as uh, mental illness among U.S. adults. And where it falls. This was back in 2021. Uh, You can attempt to share it. I don't know if you can. I can put the link in with our show notes. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the top. I'm going to try and actually stay in order of my notes instead of jumping around. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So, why does mental health have to do the satanic panic? Well, it's simple. There was a book called Michelle Remembers that we've talked about a few times that was discredited in 1980. Mm -hmm. Uh, The book was co-written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder and his uh, psychiatric patient and eventual wife, Michelle Smith. Yes. The uh, bestseller Michelle Remembers relied on the discredited practice of recovery memory therapy to make sweeping lurid claims about satanic ritual abuse, which we'll be talking a little bit more next episode involving Smith. So what this, what memory recovery therapy is or recovery memory therapy is the psychiatrist puts the patient into a meditative state or meditative yeah for, via yeah. hypnosis 
yep. and then asks leading questions to get yes. information out of them. Yes. Uh, as with all science, you know, things evolve, more information comes out. Except it has been debunked that this is a load of hogwash and yes. it's not admissible as evidence in court. Now. Yes, correct. While the book presents its claims as facts and was intensively marketed on the basis or on that basis at the time, no evidence was actually provided, meaning there was no physical evidence that any of the stuff that she claimed ever happened. Not only that, there's plenty of evidence to state the contrary. All investigations into the book failed to collaborate any of its claims, with investigators describing its content as being primarily based on elements of popular culture and fiction that were popular at the time it was written. Yep. Uh, Michelle remembers chronicles, pastors, therapy during the late 1970s to his longtime patient Smith. In 1973, Pazder, I mean, is that a, I, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name, P-A-Z-D-R. If not, it is so. now. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I forget how it was said when I listened to that book. Yeah. So. Pazder first started treating Smith as his private psychiatric psychiatric patient in Victoria, British Columbia in 1976 when Pastor was treating Smith for depression related to her having a miscarriage. Uh, Smith confined she felt that she had something important to tell him but could not remember what it was. Soon thereafter Pastor and Smith had a session where Smith perpetually screamed for 25 minutes nonstop, and eventually started speaking in the voice of a five-year-old i don't know about you guys but i, I would love to just scream for 25 minutes non-stop uh, and your I'm voice not, not give five, out yeah i'm not paying 500 bucks for that um, yeah according to Baster, during the next 14 months he spent more than 600 hours on hypnosis. Let's do some math here. I was like, uh, let's do some math. <laughs> so, 600 hours multiplied by. I said he was a psychiatrist or a psychologist? Ooh, I don't remember. I think it's psychiatrist. Okay. So, on the low end, $150. And this was back then, so we're going to go on the low end. Yeah. So, so that is. $90,000 of this lady paid him to listen to her. And this is like on the low end today is what it would be. But to listen to her act like a child and do all this stuff, right? Yes. So supposedly he put her under hypnosis and supposedly she recovered memories of satanic ritual abuse that occurred when she was five years old. In 1954 and 55, at the hands of her mother, uh, Virginia Proby, and others, all of whom Smith said were members of a satanic cult in Victoria. The book chronicles therapy sessions between Pastor and Smith 
and alleged recovered memories of satanic uh, rituals she claimed to have been forced to attend. Pastor stated that Smith was abused by the Church of Satan, which oh, I'll, I'll get that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> a worldwide organization pretending to be Christian church. So the Church of Satan, first off, that so this is always confusing for people because there's the Satanic Temple and then there's the Church of Satan. So the Church of Satan yeah. was started by Anton LaVey. Yes. And was basically a big, meant as a big fuck you to Christianity. They took a lot of their beliefs and a lot of the Christian practices and twisted them and flipped them up on in. Yeah. This guy was a great showman and that's basically all it was. Mm-hmm. It was a reason to have sex, a party, and give into your indulgences. So it's not even what, the, you know, the, there wasn't any sexual abuse that happened there because everything that happened in the satanic uh, Church of Satan was consensual. The Satanic yes. Temple uh, classifies as a 501c3 to the United States government, which means it classifies as a religious organization, but in itself yes. is more of a political movement. Yes. Uh, one of the great things that they did is you can actually go online, uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge to any of our listeners in the U.S. who don't want kids and who, you know, might have a situation where they might end up pregnant against their will or anything like that. Yep. How do they recommend this? You can go in and register as a member and it's free. Register as a member of the church of, uh, of the satanic temple and Abortions are technically protected by religious freedoms because yes. that's one of the things in their doctrine is you have a right to that. Uh, they also protect yeah. like, you know, gay rights, trans rights, uh, you know, all sorts of women's rights, rights yes. of minorities. They are an amazing organization. Yes. Uh, check them out. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, this isn't a plug for them or anything. <laughs> Highly recommend checking them out. Uh, they're very much the they're they're like the rebel. They're for pretty much everything. Like, if that makes any sense, you know, everyone's allowed so to have they, rights and everyone's allowed to have a say, type thing. Yeah, if you're not harming children, animals, yeah. or forcing anyone to do anything against their will, yeah, then you have their support. Yes, and that's Which I think is basic like yeah it should you be shouldn't, yeah as long as you're not harming yourself or harming others or harming small yeah. creatures of any form why do i care what you do yep couldn't agree more <laughs> uh so <laughs> the first alleged ritual that smith attended quote-unquote occurred in 1954 when she was five years old with the final one being a 81-day ritual in 1955 that supposedly summoned Satan himself and involved the intervention of Jesus, Virgin Mary, and Michael the Archangel, who removed the scars received by Smith throughout the years of abuse and blocked memories of the events. 
until just the right time. The book claimed that during the riot, Smith was allegedly tortured, locked in a cage, sexually assaulted, forced to participate in various rituals, witnessed several human sacrifices, and was rubbed with the blood and body parts of various sacrificed infants and adults. After Smith had seemingly recovered her memories, she and Pastor consulted with various church authorities, eventually traveling to the Vatican. Pastor was, got his credentials in psychiatry and fellow of the Royal College of Psychiatrists and Surgeons of Canada. And the book states that its source material, therapy tapes, quote unquote, were scrutinized. However, the accuracy of the allegations in Michelle Remembers was questioned soon after the book was published. After the book's publication, Pastor withdrew his assertion that it was the Church of Satan that had abused Smith when Anton LaVey, uh, who founded the church, threatened to sue him for liability. Basically, he said, you know, you're smearing our names. Yes. So most of the people that were referenced, her sisters, her parents and all this, stated that, hey, none of this stuff ever happened. Yeah. In fact, she even said that, like, her mother was dead. And her mother testified on the stand (laughs) in court. Yeah. Well, and that's why I read the Unmasking Alice because go oh. ask Alice is the precursor to this to this book and yeah. what causes all of this mental health stuff that happens when people claim it happens and oh well yeah actually this happened and I made it like bigger than what it was <laughs> like it's a lot so of as saving. I said before as I said for uh, pastor eventually divorced the one he was married. And ended up marrying Smith. Because, you know, that's great for a doctor to do is to marry his patient. Oh, yeah. Especially when she's got issues. She had a habit of, like, or a history of long mental illness. Part of the problem here is that, you know, mental illness, it's not taken seriously today, but definitely wasn't taken seriously then. And this dirtbag manipulated the situation. To get what he wanted out of it, which was yes, to have someone under his control and exploit them. Well, yes, it was debunked. Here's the thing. People, and this is actually like psychology, psychological effect. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. People will see something. And regardless of how true or not true it is, if it seems true or it seems extreme, they are more likely to buy into it. Yes. Even if there is a follow-up to misprove that or to change yep, that. They don't care. They don't care because they saw the other thing first. Yep. So a lot of people saw this and bought this book and bought into it. And then <clears throat> it perpetuated the idea of these satanic cults that are going around causing all this issue. Yep. A lot of the stuff that her so-called ritual abuse was in stuff from popular movies and stuff as such at the time, like The Exorcist. Yep. 
Because that, that is one thing you have to take into consideration around this time is all these um, classic horror movies are just now making the scene. And that incorporates yeah. into a lot of, and we'll talk about it more in the ritual abuse episode, but a lot of what happens in those movies gets put into these ritual abuse cases and stuff like that. They they pull in the Lady of Go Ask Alice, she I forget what movie. I think it might have been The Exorcist too, but she pulls from the same horror movies. So uh, James R. Lewis, who's an author uh, in the Oxford Handbook of New Religious Movements, wrote that Michelle remembers must be treated with great skepticism, not least because literally all the charges involved seem drawn from accounts of West African secret societies from the 1950s imported to Canada. In other words, he's saying that you know, a lot of the mystery schools that started coming out, coming stuff, it's like she took part of the stuff that she had read and just kind of threw it all together along with the movies and such. Uh, you know, there was no cannibalism. There was no blood drinking. There was no cult. Yep. It had a major, major influence. And we're still seeing the issues today. It's part of the reason why we have such a stigmatism. Or... Yes, stigmatism. Yeah. No, that's not the right word. Stigma. Thank no. you. Stigmatisms with your eyes. I was like, we kept saying uh-huh. the eye things. <laughs> the stigma. Yes. With it. Uh, mental illness. Mental illnesses are common in the U.S. to the point where it is estimated that one out of every five U.S. adults lives with some sort of mental illness. Yep. And this was be this was based off of a uh, results from a survey and from studies in 2021. Yes. Mental illness includes many different conditions that vary in degree and severity, ranging from mild to moderate to severe. Two broad categories can be used to describe the condition. Any mental illness and serious mental illness. Any mental illness or AMI encompasses all recognized mental illnesses. SMI or serious mental illnesses is a smaller and more severe subset of AMI. AMI is defined as mental behavior or emotional disorder. AMI can vary in impact, ranging from no impairment to mild, moderate, or even severe impairment. Individuals with serious mental illnesses are defined as below. Serious mental illnesses. This is the below. Okay. Uh, (laughs) SMI is defined as mental behavior or emotional disorders resulting in serious functional impairment, which substantially interferes with or limits one's one or more major life activity. The burden of mental illness is particularly concentrated amongst those who experience disability due to SMI. So this is going to, so this is going to be stuff like your, you know, severe depression or, 
you know, severe eating disorders or, you know, some cases of severe schizophrenia because there's schizophrenics out there who live everyday life. They just have to remind themselves to take medication and it's like, doesn't have any major weight, but there are others yes. that, you know, then it's, I use schizophrenia because that is the thing that is used in films. It's like, Oh, they were a serial killer. They were schizophrenic. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's not what happens 90% of the time. No. Mm-mm. You know, we use Hollywood uses all these different disabilities. Hollywood uses all these different issues, uh, conditions to criminalize mental illness, which, you know, just increases the stigma around it. But it's, it's something we need to take it, do away with because it's so damaging. And, you know, it's, it, it's constantly perpetuated that people with any sort of disorder are going to be crazed lunatics and maniacs, which makes it harder for people who need help to get help because they don't want to seek it out because they don't want to admit that they have a problem or they deny it. Uh, it also increases the risk of people committing suicide. Yes. Like that, and that's something that hits home to me because I've known multiple people who have killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, like reading the Slenderman book, that that poor girl was giving all of the signs. She was giving all these signs, and her dad was even schizophrenic. And she's she is going off like alarms, and her parents just ignored it. Yep. And it's yep. Like, and it, it, it's not everyone who's schizophrenic that does that, but you know you do need to monitor what people take in if they have some sort of you know predisposition to these sorts of situations yes uh so going back do you know how many people commit suicide every day oh it's a lot it's like on average every, like couple of minutes or something like that but on well on average 132 people commit well is this um in 2021, 14 people per 100,000 individuals killed themselves. Yes. The majority of these were middle-aged white men because, you know, they were taught not to get help. Yes. And that it makes them look weak. Men die by suicide four times more than women. Yes. Because there's no way to get help. And no. 54.64% 54. of those deaths are from uh, firearms. Yep. Men are more likely to kill themselves with firearms, where women are more likely to do methods that preserve their uh, vanity. Yep. So overdosing, uh, stuff like that. Trans people and queer people are even more likely to commit suicide yes because of the lack of because of the lack of acceptance from those that they you know deem as their family and loved ones because you know they're cast away because and then so they get depressed because they don't feel loved and they don't feel just wanted because you know there's 
no one there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, um, I have a, a nibbling. That's the non-binary term for, like, niece and nephew or, like, your sibling. Yeah. Um, and they came out as non-binary. And she's... I'll, I'll give my nibbling niece credit. She's like, I get that everyone's gonna misgender me. I I give you, like, leeway. She's like, I understand. Yeah. You know, you've you've called me this for so long. And she, they have a nickname that she no longer, they no longer want to be called by. And she told me, and I go, well, what, what name do you want to go by? And I quietly told the rest of the family, like, hey, they much prefer to be yeah. called this. And, like, it, it takes time. Like, she's, even at 13, very gracious and understanding of, I know it's going to take time because you've called me this as long as you've known me. And now I'm like, mm, yeah, now I don't want to go by that anymore. So Thanks. I will give her I, a lot I, of credit. They, I have a really good friend hard. who's trans. <laughs> I have a really good friend who's trans. And, uh, you know, his parents are super, super supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, his mom and his stepdad are his dad's semi-supportive but not as much but i went to dinner with them to celebrate his birthday with some other friends and you know it, his parents slept slipped up a few times yeah but you know it's he's just it's like hard. okay you know whatever they're they're not being they're not doing it on purpose it happens no but they're, it does. they're it's hard it's they, hard they're yeah. supportive to the point where when we were sitting there we I don't remember what the conversation was, and this still cracks me up to this day. But uh, his dad looks at, or his stepdad looks at him and says, "You know, you used to be my favorite daughter." <laughs> <laughs> and we all we're all just like, uh, and it took us a minute to register. It's like, well, no, now that yeah. now he's your son, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, I can't have a favorite son because you have a brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my dad plays that line. He goes, Well, you are my favorite daughter. And I'm like, Dad, I'm your only daughter. Yeah. But because goes, yeah. of like because of, you know and I wanna point this out. Transgenderism is not a mental condition. No. It, it happens on a biological scale. It does. It does. And, uh, you know, body dysmorphia, though, is this something I deal with, is a mental condition. Yes. And it is something that, you know, you, you have to deal with. Uh, because of lack of support from people and because of body dysmorphia, 82% of transgender individuals have considered killing themselves based off statistics. Yep. And 40% have attempted suicide. Yep. 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 Just, just let, let that sink in. That you have almost half of a group of people mm -hmm. that have tried to kill themselves because how they are perceived by their loved ones and how they are forced to perceive themselves because they are not comfortable with their own skin. Yes. And society. You know, the United States needs, 
Yeah, exactly. The United States needs to change its views on shit. It needs to fix its perspective and needs to put into place ways to help people. Yeah. Well, well this and all this, this all this stuff that happens, like the stuff that these books launched just made the system that was already in place, a very broken system, worse. Yeah, because, I mean, the United States has never had a great history of mental health. I mean, a lot of countries have it. The United States, they would lock people, they would lock women up for being Mm -hmm. disobedient to their husbands. And they would, you know, Mm -hmm. say that they had hysteria and they would sexually assault women. Yeah. I would be locked up because I read too much. Yeah. Yeah, but they would sexually assault women to fix them. Yep. That doesn't fix anything. That just causes more trauma. What the actual fuck? Yeah. Me being Mental health in this as... Country always been a joke. Yeah. Well, me being as strong, as outspoken as I am, I would be locked up in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. I'd be done. <laughs> like, and that's sad. I mean, sometimes you need to be locked up, but that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some days it's whew. But, like, it's... It's... It's sad that not too long ago, I would be locked up for reading too much, for being too outspoken, for having an attitude. I would be locked up. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't even that long ago. No, that's what kills me. Is you go back less than 100 years and I would, a lot of girls and women like me would be locked up. But, yeah. So that's that's how mental health played into and affected the satanic panic. Sorry about my <laughs> rant, guys. It's mental health. <laughs> As I've said before, there are a handful of things that I'm extremely passionate about. Mental health is yes. one of those things. I'm a yes. strong advocate for mental health, getting help. Uh, you know, I have someone that's very dear to me that struggles with, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to say who it is because you know I try to stay pretty anonymous on here regardless for privacy reasons, but this is not even my privacy. So I'm not even going to go deep into that, but they struggle every day with extreme OCD to the point where, you know, they, if they hit a pothole or they hit a stick in the road, they panic and they have to turn around because they want to make sure they didn't hit someone. Yeah. Like they have to, when they leave their house, they have to unplug everything, make sure everything is off because Mm -hmm they can't function with the possibility of something bad happening. And it's, you know, it's something that they've gotten better with. And, uh, you know, this, this individual is one of our listeners. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm keeping this, keeping this pretty close to the chest as to who this is, because it's not my, uh, not my place to speak out on this, but, uh, just want to say, to this person that I am extremely proud of you and you kick ass every day and I know yes. it's hard but you fucking own it and yes. you know go you yes and OCD is very it, it is and it's, it's it not is. something you can just push off no my brother has it and it's <laughs> Yeah, like I, sometimes I don't know sometimes how... it's 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 bizarre 
like yeah. it, it it it's it's funny and not like a ha ha funny with my brother because it, it's just little it's a little hate it's 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 just little things my brother has always done that I just never put into place of, oh, well, he's got OCD. It's just, that's my brother, and that's how he's always yeah. been, and he just locks his car oh, three times. That's just how he rolls. Like, I I can't tell you why. Well, now I can't. He's got OCD. Like When she has bad days, she will wash her hands to the point where they start bleeding. Yeah, no. It's Aiden's, like, Aiden's not that bad. Yeah, it's... Aiden... He didn't like everything has its place. You take yeah. the thing out of the place, we're in trouble or we got problems. Like, yeah, that's that's my brother. Yeah, it's I. I mean, I. It's hard. I don't. Yeah, it's I don't I don't even know the words to say it because I I could not function if my brain did that to me every day. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. but i mean like yeah. like i said she she's worked hard and she's gotten help and she's like you know mm-hmm. dealt with exposure therapy and dealt with a lot of stuff and i am really freaking proud of her for all of that but it's i it's hard i have so much respect for her for so many things but that is just one more thing that i have respect for her for because i could not function yeah yeah and I, I forget who I was. I would have been another too. statistic. Like I, yeah, I would have off yeah. myself from it years ago. It's that's. I forget who I was saying this to, but every everyone has everyone has trauma, and everyone is not all mentally here. Everyone's mm-hmm. a little messed up, and if they tell you that they're not, they are lying to you. Yeah. Everyone has something. The severity changes based on the person, but everything. Everyone has something. Everyone's gone through a trauma. Everyone has some form of mental thing going on. The severity obviously changes person to person, but everyone is going through something. And no one's trauma is any greater than anyone else's. You know, we've all been through different shit. It does not mean that, you know, something that I've been through is greater or less than what you've been through. It's correct. It's not a contest. You know, we've no. Life is shitty. We've all had shitty lives. We just, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What what was traumatic to me might not seem traumatic to you, but because I went through it at a really interesting time that made it traumatic. Exactly. And what we do with that trauma is up to you. Yeah. That's up to you, what you want to do with that. You know, some people get grossed out about certain things in horror movies, and, you know, I can watch... I can watch them. They're boring to me, but some people will be like, fascinated <laughs> by it. It's, it's so boring to me, but like, if I see something that like, there's, there are two things in movies that I will get up and walk out of because I cannot stand. And <laughs> one of them is someone being burnt, like a witch burning. Okay. Valid. And it's, I don't know why that always bothers me. Any other form of execution, I'm just like, okay. With that particular one, I'm like, nope, getting up, walking out. And the other one is, even if it is a, like, uh, like if, because I, I watched something a while back and they were making it for a movie that they were making in the movie. Uh, yeah. But if it is a rape scene, I cannot yeah. watch. I will, I guess, that's where I, can't do it draw the line <laughs> yep i i mentally can't 
do it. Uh, and we, we all have those kind of things. Yeah. So, Where I just don't really uh, watch horror movies in general. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got something. Everyone has trauma and everyone has triggers. The severity changes based on who you are and what yeah. you've gone through. Yeah. And if they tell you they haven't, they're lying. <laughs> for just, real. <laughs> we, we need to advocate more for mental health availability and awareness in this country. Yes. Yes. Very much so. So, um, yeah, hey, let's... Uh, let's do our tarot because it's, it's an interesting... And... We got some interesting polls this week. Oh, yeah. Do you want to start? <laughs> I can. Um, so I pulled the devil. And um, it's dun, funny. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I have a Nightmare Before Christmas deck and it's Oogie Boogie. So I thought that was actually kind of funny. Um, keywords for the devil. Excess, materialism, and playfulness. A playful creature. The devil dances in the realm of shadow. He delights us with earthly pleasures, distracting us from our higher purpose as humans. Without even realizing, we become enchained to these material excesses. And like an addiction, we seek more and more. Giving yourself time to reveal, revel, and enjoy the pleasures that life brings us can be healthy, but you must always be conscious of the larger picture. Alright. So I got the high priestess. So <laughs> we've been doing this for a while now. I'm I think once or twice we've pulled, one of us has pulled a major arcana card, but we've never both pulled a major arcana card, so this is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like we never uh, both have pulled one, yeah. Yeah. The High Priestess is the guardian of the subconscious mind and the teacher of sacred knowledge and hidden mysteries. Sitting at the threshold of consciousness and subconscious mind. The High Priestess has an innate ability to travel between these realms. Effortlessly, she teaches you that the world is not always as it seems, and more profound influences are often at play. She ushers you through the thin veil of awareness, offering you a deeper, intuitive understanding of the universe and a heightened awareness of secrets and hidden information. Hmm. So what, what do you think these two mean together? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Definitely, definitely kind of sit back and look at the bigger picture around you. You might be hyper-focused on this one thing. And you need to look at the big picture, which is what I'm very much doing right now. But I, I have to look at the little goals right now, because if I think about the big picture of my wedding, um, I get a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so I can't, I can't think about that right now. It's exciting. Yes. But I need to get through a couple of things to get there um i don't know what do you think oh i say it's important to you know it's showing that the threat of materialism and like focusing too much on the stuff that's aware around us and 
getting too much into that stuff when really we need to make sure that we're reflecting on what's inside and reflecting on our inner mysteries and the things that, you know, we know and that is inside of us. Yeah. But we need to work to focus more on the divine knowledge and wisdom that is before us as opposed to just focusing on the physical things that are before us because they're, yeah. you know, they're to distract us and they're causing distractions. You know, so it's kind of interestingly enough, echoing part of our episode today, we need to focus on the inner, the psychological. We need to focus on getting our health right and mm-hmm. focusing on what we need for ourselves and not what other needs others need from us or you know obviously it's good to help others but when you're sacrificing so much to others or sacrificing so much time to physical things that you're taking away from who you are or your personal growth then it's damaging don't burn yourself trying to keep others warm yep don't burn yeah. yourself trying to keep others warm. And I'm, I, I don't know. Because, I, I mean, we're, we're trying to cook more at home, take a lot of processed food out of our lives. That's been the whole year. That's been our process the whole year. But my fiance, my husband, and I are doing a lot of lifestyle changes. Um, because we are basically going down to <laughs> one income. So that's a lot of shift, but also trying to get projects and stuff done around our house. <laughs> so that way we kind of keep going on that. So that's a little hard, but I've got some family stuff going on that pertains to the wedding, as always. And just... For me, I'm taking one step at a time. I have to... My last day at my first job, it's like I gotta get through that first before I can think any bigger than that right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, it it's... We were actually talking about this the other day. Me quitting my first job does a huge change for my husband and I. Like, we can our lives revolve around my sleep schedule and that won't happen anymore because I can kind of be a normal person again and, you know, not be someone that works basic night shift all the time and we can be normal. And it's like, (laughs) it's one small thing, but it's like, it's going to help my mental health, his mental health in us as a couple. Like it, I understand it's one job, but like, guys, you don't understand how me going to nights three years ago with COVID changed our lives so much. We've taken it with yeah. grace, but it it has changed our lives so much in knowing that it's coming to an end. That's all I'm thinking about right now. I, I cannot <laughs> think any farther than that. <laughs> like, it, it's crazy to think about everything that'll change. Maybe that's what that means is I have to keep focusing on that because everything else makes me anxious. <laughs> like, 
anything else makes me anxious right now just even thinking about it. But that ends, I think, this episode, part six of our Satanic Panic episode. Or I mean, series. hopefully it's not going to end another episode. That would be weird. I was like, we do have one more in our Satanic Panic mini series. We're going to be talking about the last and final, the Coup de Gras, Satanic ritual abuse, um, and all that that kind of happened. And why the reason? One of the reasons why we have we have had the Satanic Panic and why it kind of continues even to today, with like Stranger Things coming out and um, all that. So we do have one more episode, and we're going to kind of do some fun, silly stuff after that. So I was like, um, I will say, I don't know if you've actually seen this. Um, I don't know where you listen to your podcast, but I listen through Stitcher. Um, okay. So unfortunately, Stitcher is shutting down their app in August. I don't listen to my podcasts all the time. So um, those of our listeners that do listen on Stitcher, we are on all the other normal platforms, Spotify, CastBox, Pocket Casts, um, Apple, Apple, Amazon, we're on all the other ones. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, Stitcher is coming to an end in the August. So that sucks. So I've had to find my podcast on Audible because I'm not, I don't, I paid, I paid for Stitcher so I wouldn't have ads and I'm like... Now I gotta find you know, we're not on Audible. No, we're on Amazon. You have to be invited for Audible. Yeah, on that note, okay. please rate, please share, and tell a friend so eventually we can get on Audible. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, please rate, view, subscribe. Please tell a friend. I'm sorry for everyone that listens on Stitcher. I'm upset about it because... I've paid for that app for years and they're closing the app down in the website. So I wonder what's happening. Um, so yeah, rate, you subscribe, please tell a friend. Um, if you have a topic suggestion, book recommendation that you think one of us would like, you can email us at the dragons at gmail.com. But yeah. So until next time. I'm Johnny. <laughs> Kelsey. I wasn't sure you were waiting on me. I was, yeah, I was like, like <laughs> uh. <laughs>